Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win I'm your host, Kane Pittman, joined by the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As this week continues to roll on, the Bucks, we know uh, they're over in France, they're in Paris, they're having a pretty good time over there. So we've got some time uh, or a few days off to talk through some of the, the interesting things that are going to be coming up. And we know it's Nelly uh, or All-Star Game is right around the corner. So we've spent some time in yesterday's episode, if you missed that, uh, Frank and myself went through who we would put in the All-Star uh, rosters right now, starters and the reserves. Uh, I've got a few more points I want to bring up with Frank today, including uh, the possibility of the Bucks having a third All-Star. It does not seem likely, but uh, I do want to do mention a couple of things that probably make you wonder why there isn't a third All-Star in the calculations for this team that is on pace for 70 wins. Uh, the other thing that's worth noting I mentioned it at the start of the podcast yesterday that there was, uh, I don't want to say panic, but people were just wondering why Giannis wasn't uh, with the team uh, during that first day there. We saw today, as I suggested yesterday, expect that you'll see him with the team uh, come in uh, right uh, on the social media this morning. First thing this morning, we did see that uh, they, they've been getting around and, and having a good time. Giannis is showing off his soccer skills with Thanasis. He's also showing off his dancing skills. It seems like uh, everyone's having a pretty good time over there. And it even looked like he got some baby gear from PSG where they had the uh, tour there this morning, which always looks like fun. We know they did that when they were in London a few years back. But as I said, we are going to continue our chat today. And Frank... So one thing I want to throw at you that could potentially be um, something to watch, and and you just mentioned Brook Lopez, uh, who you know I agree, I think he's on the bubble, and I think the big thing is that the respect that he will get from uh, the opposition coaches just for for the dominance he's had on the defensive end, I think is interesting, um, and and with Embiid uh, that he is going to be injured, is it'd be interesting to see if Embiid pulls out, maybe Brook Lopez is a chance. Uh, to be that injury replacement we'll see I, I i don't know that's something to watch though but one other thing i want to bring up is because this time last year when we were talking about all-stars eric bledsoe was uh in in many circles thought of as the guy that was going to be uh the the second uh all-star for the bucks ended up being chris middleton so i i would agree i mean i didn't really think of of um uh, eric bledsoe as having an all-star season this year he also missed a bunch of games with the leg injury we know that but it is worth just throwing this out there because we have both mentioned Malcolm Brogdon as a guy that's on the bubble. Clearly, the injuries have hurt him as well. Maybe if he played all these games, then he's still in the conversation. But uh, I, first of all, Eric Bledsoe is shooting better from three than Malcolm Brogdon this year, which is remarkable. No one would have predicted that. Uh, but when you look at the per 36, and I know people turn their head at per 36 and I get it, but with the Bucs, uh, all their starters are playing so few minutes that you kind of have to look at that if if people are using the raw numbers as logic for why someone should be an all-star. 
Malcolm Brogdon so far this year, per 36, 20 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Eric Bledsoe, 20 points, six rebounds, seven assists. Their numbers per 36 are virtually identical, and Eric Bledsoe has been more efficient than Malcolm Brogdon. So I, I don't think that he's going to be an all-star. I don't think he's going to be in the conversation, but it's just funny, the narrative about certain players and how uh, they don't quite get the attention as, as some of the other guys. All the talk was, while well, the Bucks let Brogdon go, so all the focus is on him and watching what he's doing in Indiana. Eric Bledsoe has had his ups and downs, but sneakily putting together a, a kind of similar season to what he did last year offensively anyway and and uh you know even more efficient in some aspects when you start your hiring process you may have questions will you find good applicants to choose from what about education and experience and how will you know if you made the right hire indeed is here to help millions of great candidates use indeed every day to find their next opportunity you can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also, add a skills test to your job post so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com slash locked on and get the free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31, 2020. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because he, it, it seems like he kind of has been like picking his spots in yeah. a lot of these games. And he did this last year at, at times as well. Um, and I'm not always sure what to make of it um, because on the one hand you might say, well, Hey, it'd be nice if he kind of inflicted his will more consistently. Right. Um, but it's also not like he's being, it's not like he's having like these three for 15 shooting games or teams are ignoring him and doubling off him and it's like hurting the team. Right. It just seems like, you know, he's, just not taking as many shots. He's uh, getting other guys involved. And, um, you know, Giannis is just his usage rate is pretty off the charts right now as well. And and so when you think about, you know, where have the Malcolm Brogdon shots gone? Um, I thought it was interesting uh, on Twitter, uh, user uh, Last Firstism, who I remember from the old, uh, the old Brew Hoop days, um, tweeted out some some stats around this, and I, I retweeted it earlier today. If people didn't see it, but um, Chris Middleton was in, as far as the starters went last year. Chris Middleton was fourth among the starters in usage when they played together, which is kind of crazy to think, you know, that Chris Middleton would basically be the fourth option yeah. when any combination of Bucks players were on the court. Uh, but you can kind of it kind of makes some sense um, because honestly, he's you know, when, when Brogdon, Bledsoe, and Giannis were out there, uh, he's the, you know, least least capable ball handler creator, at least in theory, out of those those three guys. And obviously, you know, he was not finding his spots in the way that I think probably he hoped. And, and obviously there were some, some challenges early in the season, uh, in the first few months of the season, just sort of figuring out what his role was. But this year it's kind of completely different. And his efficiency with Giannis is dramatically increased and his efficiency without Giannis, um, which was already 
great last year is even better. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It seems like, you know, Chris and Giannis have really soaked up those marginal possessions with Malcolm gone and Bledsoe has kind of just, you know, kind of taken a similar backseat um, to uh, maybe to more akin to what Milton did last year, even though, you know, Bledsoe's the point guard, but it just seems like, I don't know. It seems like you're, we're just used to the ball being not in Eric Bledsoe's hands uh, on offense. And, you know, obviously so far it's, it's working just fine, but I do think it's, I mean, it's nice because he's playing at a high level and at times it's pretty low key, but it's also encouraging that, you know, Eric Bledsoe isn't worrying about his shots, right? I mean, the ball's in his hands enough. If Eric Bledsoe wanted to get more shots up, he could get more shots up, right? He could, he could jack more threes. He could do this or that. Um, but uh, to his credit, I mean, again, there's, there's always a fine balance. You want guys to be aggressive. You don't want them to be like overly passive. Uh, but on a team that obviously has a lot of weapons, he has, uh, I think, been content to pick his spots. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there are limits to this. Like, I don't, I don't think it's probably good if he's scoring 12 points a game on, you know, worse efficiency or something like that. But so long as he's, you know, scoring at a, at a high rate, uh, at least in terms of the percentages, um, you know, it's probably okay if he's not, uh, you know, really high usage or if he's not putting up a lot of raw points. Because, again, obviously a lot of that part, as you alluded to, is just because, you know, he only plays 26 minutes per game as well. Yeah, and, and I, I, the strange thing with Bledsoe that we always talk about is that uh, he can go in full-on attack mode and then he can go through a stretch of three or four games where he doesn't take a shot in a half or feels like that way. The last few games in particular have been a little bit like that. But uh, I think for the most part, uh, the impressive thing that we spoke about a lot uh, is that his shooting is, even at the stage of his career that he's in, seems to be uh, improving, which is, which is obviously a, a, a big thing because we saw in the, in the playoffs last year that he, he was virtually unplayable uh, down the stretch in games next to Giannis. So that's a big thing. And for Chris Middleton, I just like the fact that I mean, or the, the numbers that you pointed to, I like that there's more responsibility on him. The one thing I've always said, uh, if I was going to criticize Chris for anything, is it felt like he just didn't take initiative enough, didn't look to be aggressive enough, didn't look to take those shots. Remember in the conference finals last year, there was a game where he only had uh, eight uh, shot attempts, I believe. And, and for him, he's too talented and too important to this team. And particularly in playoffs, we've seen him have big series. He needs to be aggressive. He needs to be taking those shots. And uh, some, of the, some of the numbers that you already pointed to, the interesting one, I was just looking at a tweet earlier from Andy Bailey. He put the numbers up for Middleton when Giannis isn't on the floor. 28.5 points, 5.3 assists per, 70, uh, per 75 possessions, that is, and a plus 12.1 net rating. He's been great with Giannis on the floor, but he's also been really, really good uh, when he's the lead guy. Uh, he's playing like a genuine all-star. And I agree that, to your point earlier, these last two or three weeks, it's gone from... I've seen many people saying Chris Middleton wasn't going to be an all-star to now. It just feels like everyone is jumping on the Middleton bandwagon. And uh, it's great to see he's going to be a two-time all-star. And last year, he's in the contract year. You wonder about that. This year, uh, it looks like it's a, it's a lock after signing that deal, which is, which is pretty good. But before we, we wrap up the all-star talk, I, I guess we sh- I should ask whether you think there's going to be any other representatives, DiVincenzo chance to to play in the in the rising stars game i think that's what they still call it the rising stars game uh, that game whatever that is the young players game and then uh do you think that there's any chance that 
the the push from the Bucks gets Pat in the dunk contest. Do you see any other guys being involved in in things like that? You know, I, I haven't given it much thought. I did. I was wondering about Dante the other night. Um, you know, did he have a chance to make it into that Rising Stars game? You know, I was just looking at. I mean, and again, unfortunately, um, whether it's Rookie of the Year, All Rookie Team, or or Rising Stars, so much of this comes down to just who's scoring a lot of points per game, and obviously that's an area where where Dante is never going to. You know his, his true impact is is never going to be reflected in just a pure points per game type type comparison. And yeah. the good news is he's he has been scoring a lot more lately. Um, but the Bucks, you know, first off, don't need him to score a lot. And secondly, so much of his impact is is seen in in ways beyond um, just putting putting points on the board. So uh, you know, unfortunately, there are just so many rookies and second year guys who have bigger scoring loads that my guess is it's my guess is it's not going to happen um but that said uh i don't know it's tough to say i mean i think with you know all-star the the reserves being picked by coaches you kind of get to have a better read on that as far as like how how it gets picked i think I don't necessarily. Do you know offhand how this gets picked? It seems I was about to ask you, sir. Yeah, my sense is that it's sort of like the league just sort of yeah, you know, like you know, a black box of the league just announces that these guys are uh, are going to be in the Rising Stars game. So, I mean, maybe that could work in the Bucks' favor, right? If the league is trying to say, "Hey, reward the Bucks, Bucks. they're awesome," and Dante Divincenzo is a pretty fun player who's doing really good things. I mean. We have seen some – there have been some pretty random guys make the Rising Stars game uh, in years past, but it's usually because the rookie and sophomore classes are just pretty weak. Um, so, again, just the way things kind of are, are shaping up now, I, I just – you know, again, I, I just don't know if that's that's going to happen um, again. Like last year, um, I'm just looking at it. Uh, I'm looking at the Rising Stars, right, just to give people a sense of – kind of how this how this broke out last year so uh last year's team it's it's world in u.s so that probably also works against dante yeah um unless he's gonna claim italian heritage uh for he should by the the world team yeah i think that wasn't there been talk of that that he could try to play for italy or something like that and something but (laughs) um anyway the world team last year ben simmons uh bogdan bogdanovich chetty osman deandre ayton josh okogi josh okogi 7.6 points per game last year yeah. Uh, OG Ananobi 7.1 points per game last year. Rodion's Kuruks uh, under nine points per game last year. Not exactly setting the, the world on fire. Uh, but, you know, looking at the other names here, Larry Markkinen, Luka Doncic, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. So there, there were some pretty big names on that world team. And then the U.S. team, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jared Allen, Jason Tatum, John Collins, Kevin Knox, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Marvin Bagley III, and Trey Young. Um, so, Solid. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Now, obviously, some this is from last year. So, yeah. you know, we can probably pick out, like, which guys, which of the rookies from last year are going to make it again this year. Um, my assumption, just eyeballing it, Aiton's been out with that steroid thing for most of the year. So I assume he's out. Josh Okogie sucks. Larry Markkinen has been bad, although I don't know if he's been bad enough <laughs> that he doesn't make the Rising Stars game. Luca obviously will make any team because he's an all-star. Maybe he skips it just because he's too good for it. Um, 
and then uh, Rodion's Kuroks, I don't think makes it. He has had a domestic abuse thing, and again, he's just not that good. Shea Gilgis Alexander absolutely will make it. Uh, and then you look at some of these other guys, uh, Triple J, uh, for sure. Um, you know, somebody like Tatum Collins, they're all aged out. Kevin Knox is definitely not going to make it. Um, Kyle Kuzma is not going to make it, or is, is, is aged out. Uh, Lonzo aged out. Bagley has been hurt like most of the season. So I don't know what that means for him. And Trey, obviously who knows if he even plays, if he, uh, if he makes it to the all-star game. So there's definitely a lot of like open spots there. Um, but as far as the 2019 um, draft, there's also uh, a lot of, a lot of dudes who are at least putting up some, some numbers this year that, that are going to be part of that mix as well. So again, my hope is, I think it'd be pretty cool if uh, you know, there was a way to get him in there. Um, because again, like you look at some of these names, like, okay, John Morant. Yes. He's been awesome. But, you look at a lot of the other guys from this year's draft, like RJ Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, Darius Garland, um, you know, even Kobe White. I mean, I don't think any anybody who watches basketball is going to say those guys are not as productive and valuable of, of NBA players as uh, Dante is right now. Um, but again, Dante also wasn't a lottery pick. He doesn't have a lot of name recognition, and you know he's not a pure scorer the way some of these these other guys are. So hopefully an appreciation of real basketball uh, wins over, wins out, and Dante gets some some love here, but uh, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I don't really have any feelings either way, I, other than I would love to see him play. Um, it would be it would be really fun. I know there was a late push last year from Bucks fans for DJ Wilson, uh, <laughs> but uh, as you read out those rosters, it's pretty easy to see why he didn't make it. But yeah, I think Dante's a chance, and as you said, I think they could uh, put him in there just as a as a yeah a respect thing for what the Bucks are doing and him being a, a genuine rotation player and started a whole bunch of games for this team that's on seventy win pace. So, and the other one uh, I just mentioned, Pat Cotton, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, there's there's already been a, a bunch of rumors about guys that are either going to do the dunk, dunk contest or they've been invited. It seems like they're looking for bigger names. It doesn't feel like a Pat Connaughton is going to be the draw card they are after, even though uh, some of the in-game dunks he's had have been have been really great. And we actually joked uh, pre-game the other night that uh, if, if Pat Connaughton was going to be in there, you would have to get someone to just like put up bricks that would uh, that, that Pat Connaughton could like put uh, just do put back dunks for the whole dunk contest because that always seems like that they're his best uh, his best dunks. So I, I don't know, maybe he's a better in game dunker than than for the dunk contest anyway. But I would I well, well be... Pat Pat could just shoot himself if he's looking for, for <laughs> oh, sorry, um, Pat. Sorry. So hopefully he's not listening. Hopefully the podcast doesn't make it to Paris. Uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll be very upset, but. Uh, like Marcus Johnson said, shoot is shoot, Frank. So I don't know what you're trying to. What you're and trying to and say. so does Pat Connaughton. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think we've pretty much got through everything. We we definitely agree that Giannis and obviously Giannis, but Milton is a lock now for the All Star game. I said keep an eye out for Brook Lopez potentially an injury replacement. We'll see. I think that's probably wishful thinking. And then uh, you know Bledsoe, I don't think is going to make it, but sneakily uh, putting up some pretty good numbers in in. This sort of somewhat comparison to last year, even though it doesn't feel like he's had that uh, that consistent impact. But uh, we'll see. Another two two All Stars, Milton becoming a two time All Star would be fun. But uh, it's also in Chicago, so I wonder how many of the listeners are going to be uh, down there for that one. It, it should be pretty fun. But even by the time we get through this, 
Still, oh, by the by the way, speaking of Chicago, I I did not even acknowledge Zach Levine's candidacy for the All Star game. <clears throat> I respected it. I I am totally, and that was very intentional. Um, I. I, I felt really good about Middleton's chances when I saw some of the um, some of the fairly clear-eyed Bulls fans that I follow on Twitter were sort of talking about like oh like Levine having a chance not not over Middleton but just in general and when I saw that I was like wait a minute that's a thing like Bulls fans are like actually thinking Zach Levine could make the All Star team then oh I guess Chris Middleton's a lock so. Um, hope for something, Frank. Yeah, like, I don't I mean, know. I, what else are they? What else have they got going for him? They, yeah, uh, did exactly. you say that the, the Chicago newspapers or whatever that was was telling people to come up to Milwaukee to watch real basketball? So I mean, they haven't got a lot. They haven't got a lot to cheer for right now. Yeah, and it's funny because on the Simmons podcast they were joking about um, Levine's like like massive usage rate in clutch situations and the fact that he's got like the worst net rating of like anyone, like minus thirteen or something like that <laughs> in clutch situations and. I mean, I think we've seen it once or twice this year where the Bulls have been kind of frisky and then Zach Levine pretty much shoots them out of games. I've joked <laughs> with Steve Von Horn about this. Um, I think he's playing better of late than, than he did early in the season, but um, the hubris in Zach Levine's game uh, remains, uh, it appears very strong. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, Zach Levine, you are not an all-star, but I'm sure he will, you know, treat that as a slight and uh, – think it's just ridiculous that a guy scoring 25 points per game who does cool dunks uh would ever be held out of an all-star game but hey so it goes well i mean i will say i I don't think there's there's a player in the nba that's promoting themselves as much as uh, he is right now to get there he's pretty he's pretty desperate to play in this game and i will also say the other bit that i really really like uh, from you, Frank, is the the just the open trashing of Trey Young's defense. So I wouldn't shy away from that. Any opportunity you get to 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 throw his defense under the bus, I'm I'm very much here for. And I was not at all surprised that you went with Beal over Trey Young after talking to you uh, a little bit in in recent times about Trey Young. But I think in the end, we pretty much agreed on everything except for I said Dinwiddie, you said Kyle Lowry. We'll see how that uh, that shapes out. You already mentioned the starters are going to be. Uh, revealed pretty soon here and then uh, I think it's only a week later they do the, the the reserves on TNT as well so we don't have too long to wait but it should be another all-star weekend where as people that enjoy watching the Bucks, we should have have plenty to watch so we're just getting through this week without much Bucks basketball Friday 2 p.m they are going to play finally again we'll have plenty of time to talk through everything else happening I know there was someone that tweeted at me today about Wes Matthews we are going to get to the, to the, the question you had for us on Wes. I will bring that up before the week's over. But for now, for Frank Madden and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll catch you guys next time.